Hey there, friends. This is Nick on the StoryHacker.tv podcast, episode seven. So today I'm going to talk about my mate George, because I'm off to see my mate George today. And uh, so George lived in the house next door when we moved in to our cottage in 1999. He lived with his wife, Elsie. And uh, back then he was um, about, well, late 70s. He was late 70s and he was the fittest old person I'd ever seen. He used to chop his own wood and what have you. And... Um, we were a young married couple, we soon the kids came along and George and Elsie were almost like sort of surrogate grandparents next door, I suppose you'd, you'd say. And, um, and then Elsie died and we thought that would be the end of George because, because in that relationship, Elsie wore the trousers, she was the... She was the driving force, and George was a sweetheart. He always had been a sweetheart, but um, but we weren't sure that he had that thing that would allow him to continue. They'd been married, you know, a, a good long time, um, 50 years or something. Anyway, George kept his smile. He kept smiling, and he managed to rebuild his life, and every day, more or less, he would be out in the garden doing something or other, we pottering around, or we'd walk down to the bus stop and go into Romsey, which is our local town. And um, he built himself a new life and he made it to 80. And then he made it to 85. And then we had a big party at the pub when he made it to 90. And then he made it to 95. And all the time, he would potter around in the garden next to us and just be lovely friendly you know how you know how a lot of old people get slightly miserable and resentful and what have you well George was the opposite of that he's like a an advert for clean living and the good way to be and how to get old with grace and all of that stuff and the the um the consequence of that was that everyone loved him everyone loves George well so he got to I guess about 96 and he started to slow down um, he had a problem with his heart uh, and meant he couldn't walk as far. So he was still going to the pub, but I'd drive him down the road to the pub three times a week and he'd get his lunch and he'd still sometimes go into Romsey, but I'd take him and, and bring him home and what have you. And it wasn't until he was, what, 90... Well, 96 and a half, I suppose, that it became a real problem with his walking. And uh, he lived in a tiny cottage next door to us. In fact, well, I'll tell you that in a second. He lived in a tiny cottage next door to us, which was built in the 1600s. And the stairs in these cottages are um, creative, shall we say. And I came in one day to sort of uh, see him and discovered that he'd um, not been able to get upstairs to bed. He'd slept downstairs. Anyway, long story short, or long story long, George went into a home. His, his son put, put him in a home, which was the right thing for George. Um, and every, I suppose about every two or three weeks, I go and see him, my old mate. He's 98 now. I go and see him and I take him out to lunch. And um, he makes me laugh like a drain. I'll tell you one story. Uh, 
this was from a couple of times ago when I saw him. He said that one of the old old ladies, <laughs> he's always going, watch out for the widows, Nick, watch out for the widows. But one of these old ladies, one of these old dears had come into his room late at night. And uh, I think it was like one o'clock in the morning or something. Anyway, it was dark. And I said, was she lost, George, or was she just interested? <laughs> and he said, there's no point in her being interested now, Nick. I can barely find it, which made me laugh so much. And this was in the middle of a cafe. And he was, he's a bit deaf, so <laughs> he was shouting it out. Oh, it just made me laugh. Anyway, today is a special day because what happened when, um, when George left is that we ended up buying his tiny, tiny cottage, which is, you know, on the other side of the wall from ours. And in fact, that's, that's where I work at the moment. I'm recording this in George's front room and really his only room downstairs because it's really a one up, one down. Um, but today, after a year of of us rebuilding this cottage and reworking it, and we've put up floorboards, we've um, taken down walls and ceilings and replaced them because George and Elsie moved in 60 years ago and they came on a horse and cart. So we're talking about a long time and the house needed a lot of work, but we've done that work and it's absolutely beautiful, small but beautiful. But today's a really special day because I'm going to go and I'm going to go and pick George up and I'm going to bring him back to see what we've done because we really we promised him that we would look after this place and um, I'm so excited to show him how we've made good on that promise and I think the reason I'm telling you this story apart from the fact that that George is great and apart from the fact that he is a model for all of us as we get older. Uh, so he's 98 and I'm 49, so I'm exactly half his age. And um, it's amazing how you can still be friends with someone, like proper mates with someone who's twice your age, but there you go. Um, the reason I'm telling you this is because all stories, the fundamental atomic sort of particle at the centre of all stories is change. And, um, you know, that that little narrative is about 20 years. Wendy and I moved in in 99, um, and here we are, 2019. And George has been a constant in that narrative, but the story has changed over time. So one of the ways, one of the one of the things on the checklist to know whether you're telling a story or whether you're just narrating something that happened is, has something changed? And um, as you can see, there's some, some external events that have happened to George, but there's also some internal stuff as well, some internal stuff that's happened to me as I've watched this guy get old. And again, I mean, stories, are, good stories are, yes, they're about external things, things that have happened, the action part of it, but they're also about that internal sort of piece. And um, the story mountain, which is I mentioned yesterday, I'm going to be giving away when it's done, makes that explicit, the external, the action, and the internal, the sort of the psychological part of the story um, is really important. I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you and I shall share a little bit more tomorrow after I've gone to see my mate. Have a good one. This is Nick. This is the storyhacker.tv podcast because stories mean business. Hey, this is Nick. Thanks again for listening. To dig deeper, search for story.business.